0: Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. It's an incredible, incredible day. Uh, I know that the Lord is about to do something powerful because I feel the gates of hell trying to prevail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been warned since I walked in this room this morning. So I know that the enemy don't like what's about to go forth. So fair warning, somebody's about to get healed today. Fair warning, somebody's about to get set free today. So the devil can be mad all he wants. I got the Holy Ghost, so I'm going to be all right. <laughs> so, we are in a collection um, of conversations that we have titled, God is filling a blank. <laughs> this is an important conversation for you and I to have because if we don't fill in that blank, somebody else will. And if we don't fill in that blank properly, we'll fill it in with something that will cause more damage to us than good to us. And so it's important that we know a little bit better the God that we serve, the one that we call Abba, Father, the one that we say is our Lord, Master. You know, that word master means that he's in control, right? A lot of times we want to, we want a savior, but we don't want a master. But it's important that you know that he's all that and, and more. And so we began this conversation out of a necessity, because if you look at that blank, it can represent the distance between you and him. Because for some people, it's still not filled in. I've been having conversation after conversation, phone call after phone call with church leaders about how distant they feel from God. What, what, what's been going on? We, we've gotten comfortable We've gotten complacent. And we have allowed distance between the one that we gave our life to and ourselves. We take an honest assessment. We can look at some of the ramifications pointing right back to 2020, which was an assignment from hell in part to damage the relationship between God and his children. Because what happened was we got used to watching seven different churches every Sunday on the internet. We got used to not having physical community and physical connection with other believers. We got used to internet theologians. And because they put their words together just right. And for some of us, because they have an accent, we think they real deep, spiritual. And we have allowed some erroneous doctrine and theology into our hearts and into our spaces. We have found other sources to meet our needs and to pursue our passions than the master. And then we look up and we're like, man, I just don't feel him like I used to. I just don't hear him like I used to. Because there's a blank. We forgot who he is. Or worse, we never actually really knew. And because we weren't rooted, we weren't grounded in our knowledge of who we is, when somebody else gave us a definition that sounded good, we went with that instead. And now his voice is quieter and quieter. Because we turned the volume up on everybody else and everything else. We let our pain be louder than our healer. We let our ambitions and pursuits take the place of going after his will. We put our own stuff in there. God is a promotion. God is a boo. God is a new car. God is a new house. And God ain't none of that. But you made them a God. And now you're eating the fruit thereof because we forgot who God is. So we talked last week to remind ourselves that God is transformational. He's not trying to slightly improve you. He's not trying to make you an upgraded model of you. He's trying to completely transform you and make you into something that you ain't never been. That's the difference between change and transformation. Transformation is permanent. It's clear and evident that you are not who you used to be. God is in the business of transformation. And this whole series is rooted in this scripture, Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew, not a better, not an improved, anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. You need to know that he's got good things planned for you. Even if you've done a a bunch of bad things, he's got good things planned for you. The devil loves to remind you of what you used to do and who you used to be, but God wants you to be reminded that he has good plans for you, which he created long ago. And he hasn't changed his mind about you. I said he has not changed his mind about you. He still has Planned for you. You see, we show up to the cross like a blank canvas. And God, his desire is to create a masterpiece out of you, and he puts these paint strokes on you to make you something brand new. And that's good news. That's what we were reminded of. Because a lot of us show up to the cross bloody, bruised, broken, and battered. And he's not trying to put pieces together, he gave you a blank. Slate, some of us really appreciate that blank slate because we know how dirty we came to him. And so God's just looking at you like a blank canvas, ready to make you into something that you have never been before. And so we opened up that invitation for you to see that God wants to not change you. No, that's temporary. What he wants to do is completely transform you. He wants it to be permanent. So we're going to continue the conversation today looking at the same book of the Bible, the book of Ephesians written by the Apostle Paul. But this time we're going to travel to the third chapter and we're going to look at verse number 20. I'll be reading in the CSB. Now to him. Come on. We know this one. Who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So today's message is titled, God is Expansional. God is Expansional, let's pray. Father in heaven, we honor you this morning. We just completely surrender all to you. Everything that we walked in here with, we cast it at your feet. We open up our hearts to receive from you, Holy Spirit. We ask that from start to finish that you continue to have your way. We only want what you want for us. Father, help us to see you in a brand new way. Help us to exit much differently than when we came in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last Christmas, um, every Christmas I should say, I'm in charge of making breakfast. See, my wife spends all year getting stuff together for the kids and then she spends all Christmas Eve like setting it up perfect. It's a masterpiece the way she does it. So my one responsibility is, bro, you make the breakfast. (laughs) So this Christmas, um, there I was in the kitchen and we had just got a new alarm system put into our, our, our house, and I was in the kitchen getting things together, and I got um, um, some biscuits. right? Because I like biscuits. I got the butter and the buttermilk. It's got to be buttermilk. It's got to be buttermilk, OK? We need butter and the milk. And the funny thing was I I had the can, I peeled it off and I put the pressure on and the can popped and my alarm went off. I was like, that's weird. (laughs) And we had to get that readjusted. But I was sitting there with these biscuits and I got me to thinking just like I don't know, I see God in everything. You can appreciate this. You a chef. I saw God in a can of biscuits. (laughs) I'm amazed by the technology and the science behind these business because when, when, when you pop them open, they're just like these little doughy looking hockey pucks, right? But then you throw them in the oven and, and they come out delicious. Buttery deliciousness. But they start off small and unassuming. And like, like if, you, if you tried to like bite them, it like wouldn't work out well because they're not yet who they will become. But God being a God of expansion, he can take something that's small, unassuming, not really have a purpose quite yet and place some potential inside of them. And then he takes them through a process of expansion to turn them into something that can benefit not just themselves, but those around them. And that's why, We have to see God as a God of expansion because he truly is. The the word expansion is the process of becoming greater in size, number, and amount. So what we're trying to get you to see today is God wants greater for you. That's why the devil came in here mad. Because God is trying to convince you that there's more in you. The world has been squeezing you into a little can like the biscuits and you have gotten comfortable being small, unassuming and with no purpose because it's comfortable in that little can. I'm not going to preach the whole time about biscuits, but I'm going to let you know what God is trying to say. He's trying to break you out of what's comfortable so that your potential can arise. The question that you have to ask yourself is How willing are you to be expanded? The concept that God is expansional refers to the idea that God desires to bring growth and abundance in our lives. But sometimes the world and our experiences and where we came from and what we've been through puts a limit on what we see within ourselves the potential that we have in ourselves the value that we have in ourselves this increase can manifest itself in different areas such as financial such as spiritual growth and such as physical blessings the concept of expansion is prevalent throughout the bible from old to new testament this isn't something that's under the law This ain't something that's outdated. This ain't something that's not relevant to today's culture. It's still in action today. It's actually the central aspect of the character of God. There's nothing that God didn't touch. There's nothing that God touched that didn't grow. There's nothing that God put his hands on that did not expand and become better. Because God is a God of expansion. His promise of expansion is is not just, we gotta be responsible. The concept of God being expansional is not just for our personal gain. It's not just so we can become wealthy. It's not just so we can live our best life now. He has an entire kingdom agenda in motion that he wants us to be a part of. And in order for us to be the part of the plan that he desires us to be, We have to be willing to be expanded. Expansion is uncomfortable. That was about half the amens I got the other time. I say expansion is uncomfortable. Think about the can of biscuits. I know I'm going to keep preaching on biscuits, but think about the can of biscuits. The only way for them to get about the thing is through pressure. It's the only way out. Sometimes we look at pressure as punishment. It's actually preparation. That's a lot of peas because I'm a preacher. He's not punishing you. He's preparing you for expansion. You got to see pressure in a new way than what you currently see. That's why we're telling you that God, he is expansional. He doesn't want this this process to take place just so you can feel better about you. Remember, he's often referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because he's always moving generationally. He's not just thinking about you. He's thinking about your grandchildren. He's thinking about your nieces and nephews and cousins and them. When he's trying to do this work in your life life. God wants to bless us. Can we get an amen right there? Sometimes the culture in our church world has shifted so much because some people overemphasize the fact that God wants to bless us, that some of us de-emphasize the fact that God wants to bless us, but it's biblical. He wants to bless us. We have to position ourselves for it though. How do we do that? Through faith in Jesus Christ. And not only that, but obedience in his commands. That's the hard part. Come on, church. Doing what he tells us to do. But when we do this, we can experience the fullness of God's blessing and experience a life of abundance. But we need to see him much differently. We need to see him as a God of expansion because our lives can feel so small and isolated and island-like. We feel like nobody gets our problems. Nobody understands our pain. Nobody knows our struggle, but God does. And not only does he understand that he has a plan for it, but if you don't be intentionally trying to find what the plan is, what this pain is for, what this struggle is trying to take me into, you will stay stuck. Like a can of biscuits. See, I did it again. So it's important, I think, that we go way back to the beginning to discuss this conversation of God being a God of expansion. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning. What was going on in the beginning? There was nothing there but him. And it says, God created the heavens and the earth. So he took nothing and made something glorious. Why? Because he's expansional. The earth was formless and empty. Remember, we talked about this all last year because God told us that it was the Genesis year and he took things that were formless and empty. And it says, the darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, verse three. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. That's good news, you missed it. All he has to do is say a word and your whole life changes. He ain't gotta come touch you. He ain't gotta send nobody to give you. His word alone can change everything. Sometimes we get too familiar with the scriptures. He said, let there be light. He said it and nothingness became something. Did you hear what I just said? He spoke a word that changed everything. That's your God. Baby, what? Is it just me and you in here? I said that your God, the one that you have access to through the work of Calvary's cross, has the power to speak and change your entire world. The problem is you ain't talking to him. What are your conversations with the master like? And we continue in the book of John, looking at who God is, the God that is expansional. First chapter, this is John. This this, this is according to John, he calls himself the one that Christ loved. Now, if I write a book, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna call myself that too. And this is what he said about Jesus. He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He's trying to let you know that Jesus has always been there. Jesus will always be there. That's a good reminder for you and I because sometimes life hits us so hard. We're like, God, where are you? John is trying to remind us that he's been there Since the beginning, the devil wants you to think you're alone. The devil wants you to think that you've been forsaken and forgotten. But what we need to do is look in his word and realize, man, he's always been. He was with God in the beginning. Here it is, verse three. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. You need to look, just look like sometimes, just look around. Like, just look at his creation. Like, stop being deep and just look. You really think all this was a big bang? You really think all this came from a monkey? Sometimes we just got to look at creation to see how awesome our God is. Nothing was made without him. He's responsible for everything. I I was fishing this past week. Well, let me, be, let me let me not lie. I was on the boat while people were fishing. <laughs> I don't know how to fish. <laughs> now these were all these are all pastors, these are all country boys. I'm the only city boy in there, so they talking uh, fishing stuff, and I'm like, yeah, amen. <clears throat> so they were, they was educating me, right? And so one of them caught a caught a fish, and then um, before we before he showed me the fish, they was kind of naming all these different types of fish that are in the water. And then um, they told me about this one fish called um, a sheep's head fish. I said, a what? It's called a sheep's head fish because his head looked like the sheep a little bit. He's black and white, kind of like a sheep. I was like, that's, man, that's kind of dope. He was like, but nah, bro, here's the best part. He said, these fish that look like sheep got teeth like humans. I said, I said, say what? I said, I know you lying (laughs) until I saw the picture. And I had to just stop and think just like how dope God is. He can make a fish look like a sheep with teeth better than yours. I'm just saying God's creation should serve us. Notice of how awesome he is. If he can make that, what can he do with your life? If he can put fish, sheep, and dentures into one creation, a masterpiece like that, I can only imagine what he can do for your marriage that looks a mess. I can only imagine what he can do with your anxiety. I can only imagine what he could do with your grief. I can only imagine what he can do with your tears because he has the ability to take something and make something unique and beautiful out of it. The problem is the distance between he and I, or he and us. There's a gap, a self-made gap, if we're honest, because God hasn't changed his mind. He still has this desire to bless you, to increase you, to grow you, to expand you and not just you. The psalmist says it like this, may the Lord give you increase more. And he said it twice, Pop. Not just more, he wants to increase you more and more. And not just you. your children too. That's why we need his word because sometimes we forget when our children start acting crazy. We forget when our co-worker backstabs us. We forget when the business fails that God wants to bless us more and more. We forget when we get that doctor's report. We forget when that separation paperwork shows up on our desk. We forget that God hasn't changed. We forget that God still has a good work for us to do. We forget that God wants to bless us more and more, and not just bless us, but he wants to bless our children too. The phrase, the Lord shall increase you more and more. You and your children is a promise. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, it's a promise. Can I, can, I, can I tell you something deep? God don't lie. This is a promise to you. This is a promise that you should never forget. It's a promise of God's blessing and growth. The word increase here refers to both material, but also spiritual growth. I, I think we stay to surface with God's blessings. You got to understand that your spirit needs renovation. Some of y'all still saved and comma messy. And God's trying to renovate, increase, and expand your spiritual life too. So let's move off bank accounts for a second. Let's talk about your character. He wants you to grow in your character development as well. He wants you to represent him when you go out and about into this world. He don't want you to just be able to shout, run up and down the aisles. Quote scriptures, all of that is wonderful and even necessary sometimes to get your breakthrough. You need to. But what he's really after is what's on the inside of you. What he really wants to expand is your capacity for people. Ah, you thought I was going to talk about a new house. No. What he wants you to do is to be a good kingdom representative. He wants when people encounter you, they encounter him. He actually doesn't want them to encounter you because you are a wretch undone is how the apostle Paul puts it. The promise is not just for the individual who trusts in God, but also for their children. That's good news. It indicates that God's blessings can extend through multiple generations. That's why you got to make these choices to serve him with all that you have because it doesn't just affect you. The choice to surrender all to God is bigger than you. The choice to allow him to expand you and grow you and develop you is not just for you. He's trying to bless generations through you. That's why you gotta make these tough choices right now. That's why you gotta keep killing your flesh right now. That's why you gotta keep picking up your cross right now because it ain't about just you. Here's a reminder that we all need as we proceed is that God's power is limitless. Oh, listen. That's not just a a, a amen statement. That's something that you have to bury in your heart. His power knows no limit. Your anxiety is so high because you forgot that you serve a God that's all powerful. And you forgot that he's on your side. You forgot that he is for you. And you forgot to cast it at his feet. You're holding on so tight. You're trying to figure out the solution. You're trying to be a little bit better on your own. And you forgot that you serve a God that knows no limits. In our verse today, Ephesians 3 and 20, we're just going to pick it apart. Now to him who is able to do, it says above and beyond. That means the greatest, most elaborate goal that you have is too small. Because it says he will go above and beyond above and beyond, he won't just go above, he won't just go beyond, but he will go above higher than anything you can think of and further than anything you can think of. Other translations say immeasurably. There's no way to measure how far he will go to bless your life if you welcome him in. You so used to figuring it out. You were raised. You were taught and trained to be a boss. <laughs> oh. I'm the boss. You were taught and trained to be independent, to not need nothing from nobody. The problem is you carrying that into your spiritual walk and you taking an L after L after ale, because that's not how the kingdom operates. That's how the world operates. But that ain't how the kingdom of God operates. He is showing you that if you come to him with it, that he will go above and beyond it. You thought that if you, uh, you worked hard enough, that if you saved hard enough, that you invested hard enough, that you quote unquote sacrificed hard enough that you will get what you need. He's saying, "Mm, actually, you should have brought it to me. Actually, you should have invited me into the situation. Actually, if you would have came to me, I would have expanded you into something that was above and beyond anything, anything that you could ask Or think this phrase above and beyond. Don't let it go past you. Don't let it go past you. It's used to describe just how limitless, limitless. You should write down God's power is limitless. Like you should make sure that you don't forget that his power is limitless because the devil is so good at making us think that we have this obstacle that is so insurmountable we have this challenge that is so difficult. We have this addiction that's so impossible to break. But God said that he will go above. It didn't say he'll meet it. Hello, come here. He didn't say, I'll meet what you ask or think. He didn't say, I'll handle what you ask or think. He said, I will go above and beyond what you ask. Or think, so how can it be impossible for God? Maybe it only seems impossible because you haven't asked him. Could that be the problem, my brothers and my sisters? This is a reminder that God's power is not limited to our own understanding. Sometimes we, we say no for God. He won't, he won't do this. This is, this is, you know, this is just. I mean, you know, I prayed before and, and I fell back. So I, I can't, I, I can't ask again. Mm-mm. We, 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 we insert a no for God and decide not to ask him. We went to counseling already. It didn't work. What's the point? What's the point? I mean, I I tried to budget a few times and I kept failing. Maybe it's just, maybe poverty is just what I gonna be. The devil tricks us. We think that if we ask before, we can't ask again. I didn't see that in this scripture. He said, Ask, ask. You're so scared to ask. Do you know what the problem really is? Your pride. Your pride won't let you ask it. Your pride won't let you think it. One, because you don't think you deserve it, you don't think you're worthy. All you see, Is your rap sheet, your spiritual rap sheet. And it limits your ability to see that your God is a God of expansion. So when we see this phrase above and beyond, what's implied is the idea that God's power, listen, God's power already. Exceeds what we can ask or think. Before you can form a question, before you can form a thought, his power is already above and beyond it. So you're talking yourself out of something that he already has figured out. But you rationalize in your mind that he's unavailable. How crazy is that? But we do it. We rationalize our prayers, if we're praying at all. We rationalize what we need to dialogue with God about versus what we need to dialogue with sister such and such and brother such and such about. We don't need to talk God about this job application. He's got bigger fish to fry. We don't have to ask God about little buddy to ask me out. Because surely this is the Lord. I can already tell that this is God. And so we don't ask. We think, but we don't think the right thing. That phrase above and beyond, you still on it until you get it. It emphasizes the unlimited nature of God's power and ability to bring about not just change in our lives, but change in the world around us. We get so bogged down with the way that we've done things, we think that there could never be a new way. We get so bogged down with repetition and routine and locale that we don't allow ourselves to ask better questions or to think better thoughts. But he's trying to remind us when he put above and beyond like, There is nothing, there is no question too big. There is no thought too big for me. You have to take that with you before you leave today. That ambition, that goal, that desire, that help that you need, that freedom that you're looking for is this big to him. But God ain't a bully. What he's trying to do through this verse is expand you to ask better questions, to think better thoughts. So how do, we, how, do we, how do we go forward? I think that there are three things that God wants to expand in each and every one of us. The first thing that he wants to expand, he wants you to expand your vocabulary. Let's look at the verse again, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now, who is, excuse me, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask. All that we ask. What, what have you been asking God? Have you asked him anything? Oh man, listen, it's not quiet, the guy. Have you asked God for anything lately or are you just asking for a rescue? That's fine, he does that too. But what have you proactively discussed with God? What have you proactively been in conversations with him about, dialoguing back and forth about your situation? So how does, how does God want to expand your vocabulary, the first way is he wants you to have better conversations with yourself because nobody talks down to you like you do. Nobody spends more time degrading you than you do. Nobody spends more time downplaying their gifts than you do. And the only way that this can expansion of your vocabulary can begin is with you because what you say about you matters the most. Mm -hmm. Can't nobody outside you encourage you until you start to encourage yourself. How do we start having better conversations with ourselves? We need to know what God says about us and start saying what he says about us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's him talking to us about us. So therefore, we need to take those words and start telling it to ourselves. Stop letting people tell us contrary thoughts and then adopting those thoughts and making them our own. God says that we're more than a conqueror. Wait, wait, wait. He could have just said we're conquerors, but he said we're more than that. Why do you believe anything contrary about you than what God said about you? He created you. I think he knows you better than anybody else. So the way that you have better conversations with yourself is to find out who you are through his lens. Not through the world's lens, not through your family lens, not even through the lens of your mirror. You need to start with his definition about you. So after you have better conversations with yourself, he wants you to have better conversations with him. What's a better conversation with God? A consistent one. Not every now and then one. Not a Jesus fix it one. Not Lord, I need. And that's all the conversation ever is. He wants you to start talking to him about everything. He wants to know how you really feel, what you're really dealing with, how you're really on the inside a mess. He wants you to admit it so he can heal it. He wants you to present it so he can touch it. He wants you to present it so that he can turn it into something anew. But you have to have better conversations with God than you're currently having. You know how much you've been praying or not. You know how much time you're spending in that prayer time or not. You know what you're presenting to him and what you're hiding from him. His encouragement to you is to engage and better come. He's your father, he loves you. The Bible says that when we were yet in our sin, not when we were yet anointed, not when we were yet had a hundred Bible verses memorized. When we were in our sin, that's when he made that decision. He loves you and your messed up self. And he wants to have better conversations with you So after you have better conversation with yourself and better conversation with God, he wants you to have better conversations with him about you. Talk to him plainly. Talk to him transparently. Talk to him honestly. like, Lord, I am upset with you. How could you let this happen? That doesn't scare him. He just wants you to have that conversation with him about you. Because what's going to happen when you talk to him about you, he's going to talk back to you about you. And what happens when he talks back to you about you is your vocabulary expands. After, After he expands your vocabulary, he wants to then expand your imagination. That same verse, now to him who was able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, think. What are you thinking? (laughs) What were you thinking? Were you thinking of him? Were you thinking that this problem was too big for him? Were you think that this situation was too tough to overcome? Well, he wants to take you on a journey to expand your imagination. And the first way that you do that is to observe, observe your current thoughts. Like how junky is your brain right now? Like how negative are you? Like how scary are you? Like what type of thoughts go on in your mind right now? Like, do you, do you really believe that God's power is limitless in your thoughts before you speak or act? Like, what's in your thoughts right now about him? Like, like if you could like put it into percentages, how much time do you spend thinking about what's going wrong versus what could happen if he came in? Like, how much time do you spend looking at this fallen world and thinking that, man, the Lord's coming back soon. That's cool. But what about what you're going to do right now? Yeah, he's coming back soon. Yep. uh-huh. But what about today? He's not here yet. So, so what are we going to do with today? How are we going to let his light shine today? How are we going to be light and dark today? How are we going to be salt in the earth today? Observe your current thoughts. Next one is to purify your thoughts. Ah. How dirty are your thoughts? Wow. I just felt that. (laughs) Like how much time do you spend thinking thoughts that are impure? unholy could that be why there's such distance because he can't coexist with that it's all around tv social real life but how much of it is is now embedded in a part of your everyday thoughts that you allowed in and that you keep in Could that be what's the block between you being able to think the way that God wants you to think? Could that be what's limiting your ability to dream the thoughts that God wants you to dream? Because your thoughts are clouded with unpure thoughts. Come on, we're going to talk about it. You need to be set free from impure thoughts because those impure thoughts lead to impure actions, and that impure actions lead to impure character. It's all a setup from hell. Even though it's culturally normalized, it's still an assignment from hell so that you will not become who God wants you to be. So after you observe your current thoughts and purify your current thoughts, he wants you to then uncap your current thoughts. Stop thinking so small because the God that you serve ain't that small. He's bigger than any and everything. So if he's bigger than any and everything, Why don't you think bigger than you're currently thinking? No, no, what is it? What's causing you to think right here and no higher? What is it? He's asking you to take that cap off. There's something holding your thoughts down. It could be your view of yourself. It could be The thoughts and opinions of other people that you let take up residence in your heart. I don't know what it is, but God is asking you to take that thing off. He's bigger. Think about this. If he's going to go above and beyond anything that you ask or think, maybe you should ask or think really big. you asking for a house. Maybe you should ask for a block. I'm just, I mean, maybe you should stop thinking so small. If he's that big, if his power is really limitless. Maybe, maybe you should take the cap off of how you've been thinking how you've been dreaming how you've been setting goals maybe they're too small and god is up there like is that it that's all you're gonna ask me for that's all you don't got nothing higher you don't got nothing bigger you gotta remember god is a god that's about the kingdom kingdom you gotta start thinking kingdom I don't want it. I don't want my money to get right for me. I want to get my money right so I can bless others. I want people to be set free because I got set free. I want to be a blessing to others. That's the kingdom. That's what God is really about. You should want that business because that business will be a blessing to your clients. And also the revenue can be a blessing to your church or to some organization that's doing kingdom work you're thinking too small he's asking you to take the cap off your thoughts so after he expands your vocabulary and then expands your imagination the last thing he wants to expand is your vision your vision what you see now to him who's able to do above and beyond that we are ask or think that think is a two-sided coin it's what you think but it's also what you see It's also what you see, not just today, but down the road for you. I've had so many conversations with people like, what's the Lord doing? What's he want you to do? You get to no clue because you can't see. You can't envision anything beyond today because there's so much pressure in your life right now. There's so much anxiety in your life right now that it serves as a brick wall to to your vision. And so we need to tear down some brick walls. He wants to expand your vision by first allowing you to envision yourself forgiven. The enemy has so many of you with blurred vision because what you see is your shortcomings. All you see is your sin nature. All you see is what you've been battling and haven't overcome yet. You're telling yourself, surely he can't use me. Surely he don't want nothing to do. I have to get myself together first. There's an old saying that says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so the devil has you stuck in the here and now and has you aiming at nothing, has you uh, casting vision for nothing all you can see is how am I gonna pay these bills this month? How am I gonna make it out of this situation? And God wants you to realize that you are forgiven. Like he went to the cross for it already. Shed his blood for it already. He got up out of the grave for it already. So why are you still massaging it? Holding it so tightly, reminding yourself of how fallen you are. The Bible says we all fall short. What you thought your neighbor was just had it all figured out? Mm. That's struggling too. We will forever be in need of a savior. We will forever be in need of the spirit of God. It's called total depravity. That's the, the, theology, the uh, theological term for it. we always going to need him. That's, the, that's how you say it on the south side. we always going to need him. And so since he did the work already, why don't you just walk in the forgiveness that he already bled for and move on and ask God what's next? Thank you for setting me totally free. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for saving me. Now Lord, show me what's next. So after you envision yourself forgiven, he wants you to envision yourself focused. God ain't unfocused. God's plan is in motion God's plan is unchanging. So why are you so confused? Why do you have no clue the part that you're supposed to play? Like not even an inkling? Like not even a glimpse? I can just tell you this, God ain't the one confused. He wants you to be focused. Envision yourself with, with clear color, detail, the greatest clarity possible. Allow the spirit of God to begin to unveil who you are, what you're here for, what you're called to do, the gifts that are in your life, the anointing that's been placed upon you. Ask him to reveal it with clarity so that you can be focused when you know who you are and what you're supposed to do. When people offer you something that's different, you're able to know that that's, that's gonna be a no for me. But when you don't have focus or clarity, it can kind of look like God. Maybe, is this God or is this God or is this God? And then you are all over the place cause you don't have focus, you don't have Clarity, the last one, envision yourself forgiven, envision yourself focused, envision yourself free. This is why you dream so small because you still have handcuffs on. You still have shackles on your feet, whether they're societal, whether they're familial, whether they're spiritual. Something is hindering you. And God wants you to see yourself free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Some of you all are sitting in prison cells when the door is open. You're just sitting there because you're used to it. You've been in that prison so long that when he opened the door, you didn't know what to do. You didn't walk in your freedom. And so if all you see are jail bars, even if the door is open, you still feel like a prisoner, unqualified and unfit for kingdom service. And God wants you to envision yourself free because he has set you free. But what's the point of opening a door to a jail cell for a person who won't exit? What? What a waste. Ephesians 3 and 20 still. This is how we'll come to a conclusion. Now to him who was able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. According to the power that works and this this expansion comes from the inside because there's a power at work in us this ain't this ain't uh 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 uh, uh, uh crack the sky come down on a horse and fix your situation change your life this is an internal work based on the power at work in us. The power is in you. Do you believe that? But listen, the power is not you. It's in you. It's not you. It's the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Can I ask a question? if the very spirit of God resides in you right now, why does your obstacle feel so impossible? Why if the spirit of the living God resides in you, Right now, why is your anxiety so high? Is it because you don't realize the power that is at work in you? Did you did you hear we we done read this scripture seven times? And everything that we talked about is based on the power that's at work in you. He's going to do it from the inside out. Back to biscuits. When you put them in the oven, the yeast is on the inside. So when the heat hits it, they expand from within. There's nobody in the oven stretching them from the outside. There's a power yeast on the inside of them and when the heat hits the yeast, expansion. Expansion. From the inside because the power is already there even when it looks small. You know, that's a small a fire hydrant. A fire hydrant is small but I don't know, you know, where y'all from, but, you know, back in the day when it got hot outside and ain't nobody had no swimming pool. You popped the fire hydrant and then you had, uh, I was going to say something else, then you had an urban water park with the fire hydrant. Urban, that's a good way to say it, right? But when you really think about a fire hydrant, and and in honesty, look at it. Like, it don't look like it got a lot of water in it. That's because it don't have no water in it. The fire hydrant doesn't actually have water in it. The fire hydrant is connected to a reservoir that has limitless water in it. Come on. So it may look small and unassuming, But as soon as it taps into what it's connected to, all of a sudden, all this power shoots out of it. And what God is trying to get you and I to understand is that we have a reservoir called the Holy Spirit, living water inside of us. And when we decide that we're gonna tap into who we're connected to, that's when the power comes forth in our lives. That's when the power comes forth in our situation. That's when our marriage gets healed, our body gets healed, our finances get healed, our situation gets healed. Why? Not because of who we are, but because who we're connected to. The spirit of the living God. I remember this story. A pastor friend of mine told me, his name's Aaron. He passes a great church right outside of Denver. And he was telling me this story about his son Levi. And one Christmas, they were they were, they were uh, pestering him and pounding, like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And he kept saying, I want a Spider-Man action set. I want a Spider-Man action set. And they kept asking, like, OK, are you sure? Like, OK, Levi. OK, one more time. What do you want for Christmas? We want to make sure And he kept saying, I want a Spider-Man action set, this big old Spider-Man action set. And so um, um, as their tradition, they went to the mall and, and they took him to go see Santa. And and, um, he got in line and then it was his term. And so his parents kind of wanted to, you know, kind of let him have his moment. So they kind of went off to the side, but they were still in earshot uh, of Levi. And so Levi gets, he gets to Santa and um, Santa says, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And he says, I want a GI Joe action figure. Aaron, my friend, his wife was so confused. Like like We kept asking him. He kept saying, I want a Spider-Man, the whole little get up. So they kind of let it go. But then like when some time went on, they was like, they came back around. They said, they like, you know, they were talking to each other. Maybe he changed his mind. So they came back to him and said, hey, Levi, what do you want for Christmas? And he said, I want a Spider-Man action. My friend was so confused. Like, okay, listen, okay buddy, time out, time out buddy. Listen, if you want this big Spider-Man action figure set, how come when we went and took you to Santa and he asked you what you wanted, you said you wanted a GI Joe action figure? He said, well, I figured I needed to say something that would fit in the gift bag. So he saw that what was given out was in these little gift bags. And so he adjusted his ambitions and adjusted his desires because he thought he needed to make it fit inside the gift bag. Could that be what you and I are doing? Could we be limiting a limitless God? Could we be placing a cap on him? Could we be shrinking our hearts, desires, because of our perceived boundaries, limits, that he moves and operates in? Could it be us? Well, I want to be responsible with this message and get you to understand that the reason that God is expansional, the reason that he wants to increase you, the reason he wants you to grow and develop materially, spiritually, and in every other way is because he wants you to then be a blessing. I need you to get that. I don't want you to move, as we move next Sunday, we're moving into the to a new year of our church existence. I don't want you bringing that small thinking over into year two. I need you to leave that here. And the reason that God wants to expand us, grow us, increase us, is because he wants us to then go out into this community and to be a blessing I was there was so much talk uh, this week I didn't see it but uh, uh, my wife said a lot of conversation about the Grammys and and this or that and the other and um, Maverick City they won all the Grammys for the gospel uh, uh, categories and um, one of the songs on their new album or the one they won for is called bless me and I, I thought to look up the lyrics and when I looked it up it blessed me I think it really I think it really communicates the heart of this message. I'm just gonna read you a couple of lyrics from it. It says, bless me, bless me, God, not just for me, but so everyone around me can have everything they need. Let all these folks that's with me, God, have everything they need. That's kingdom. That's how the blessings of God operate. It doesn't end with us. It begins with us. I want to push you here and now to take the limits off God. Y'all like, why are these people in the aisle? Here's why. Let me help you. I got to thinking about the story of my friend Aaron and his son Levi and how he limited his thoughts and thinking based on a little gift bag that he saw. Well, I brought two gift bags to church today. And the reason they're standing there is because they're gonna hand you some index cards right now. And you're going to ask God for something based on Ephesians 3 and 20. I'm going to spend all week, along with my wife, praying over what you ask. We're going to take these home. You don't have to put your name on it if you don't want to, or you can. But this is an exercise of expansion right now. You're going to stop thinking small right now. You're going to stop asking small right now. You're going to invite the Holy Spirit into your situation right now. Can you do me a favor and don't do like little Levi did. Don't shrink your request. Who's ever got those two bags? Come down. Those two gift bags. Do not shrink your request. Once you've written it, you're gonna come and you're gonna hand it, you're gonna place it in the little gift bag. I got, I got King Solomon over here. What I got over here, I can't see. I got Micah over here. I want you to get up out your seat after you write it, by faith, it's a prophetic act, and place it. Don't think small. And ain't no combined in these cards. Husband, you write one. Wife, you write one. Because your card might be about her and her card might be about you. Are you praying right now? Are you asking the Holy Spirit in? Are you allowing him to allow you to think bigger than you've been thinking? To ask better questions? To think better thoughts? Why? Because he's going to do above and beyond anything you can ask or think. If I were you, I would ask real big. I would think real, real big. Come on, place it in there, place it in there. The message of God being a God of expansion is a message of hope and encouragement, reminding us that we serve A loving, faithful God. Listen, he is a loving and faithful God. He desires and wants the absolute best for you. You got to invite him in though. You have to be vulnerable with him. You have to be transparent with him. You got to be honest with him. And that's when the expansion process begins. And when we allow ourselves to enter into this process of expansion, our outlook will completely change because we will realize that not only are we not alone, but that the God of the universe is with us, not just anybody but the great I am is with us. That same God who spoke and things came into existence. He can speak into your situation and completely transform it for your good. We're going to pray our way out. Father in heaven, we thank you because we heard from you today. We're grateful to receive everything that you deposited inside of our hearts today. Lord, help us as we go through this process of expansion with you to open up our hearts to receive all that you have in store for us. Help us to ask bigger questions, to think bigger thoughts, and to allow the power that is already in us through your Holy Spirit to take hold of every area of our life so that we can be blessed and in turn be a blessing to others. We honor you. We receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.